Well, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for joining us on this especially hot day. How many of you forgot what 110 degrees feels like? Oh, my goodness. Wow, it is hot out there today. Well, I'm so glad you're able to join us. And we have been dealing with a pretty hot topic over the last few weeks here at Grace. We've been talking about what it looks like to hear God speak into our lives. How to discern the voice of God in the important decisions that we make in our lives. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about how God speaks to us through godly counsel and through scripture and prayer and even some things, some circumstances that we just can't explain, supernatural things that happen in our lives. Um, Over this series, I've just been so encouraged by several of you who have shared with me different ways that God has been revealing himself to you through this series as you're learning how to meditate on scripture more effectively and how to listen to God in prayer. Next week, we're going to be closing out this series, and it's going to be a really great way to close it out. We're going to be answering a really important question next week, and that is this. How do I know, when, when, I, how, when I'm faced with a really difficult circumstance in my life, or I'm faced with a really important decision, how do I know for certain what God is saying? In those moments where I'm just a little bit confused and I don't really know what God is saying, how can I be confident? How can I be sure what God is saying. We're going to be talking about that next week and just giving you some practical advice based on scripture on how to hear God's voice in circumstances where it's sometimes hard to hear his voice. But today we're going to be talking about one last way in which God does routinely speak into our lives and that is through life circumstances. If you ever, let me ask you guys, have you ever been in a place where something was happening in your life and you just knew, you just kind of knew that God was working? Through that circumstance. You just knew that even though God wasn't speaking in an audible voice to you, the way the circumstances were happening, you just knew the fingerprints of God were all over it and God was speaking to you through that moment. What was God asking of you at that time? How long did it take you to trust God and to follow through on what he was asking of you? Back in 1978, there's a guy by the name of Charlie who's a part of our community here. And he had this really nice job, really successful job. But God opened up this circumstance in his life where he was asked to basically try out for a job in Mexico. And he was asking himself, why in the world would I take a job in Mexico? I have a really nice job where I am. And, but he just felt like God was somehow orchestrating these circumstances. And he went on that interview. And as a result of that, God tugged on his heart and said, I want you to leave your job and I want you to serve in ministry. So in 1978, Charlie said yes to Jesus, and he joined Wycliffe Bible Translators. And he has been serving there, helping people get the gospel of Christ who don't have it in their own language for the last 36 years. A few years ago, another guy in our community by the name of Justin was living in California. And he was visiting his parents when his mother looked at him and said, You know what? Your grandparents are living in Tucson. You should just move there and get a fresh start. He resisted. He didn't, wasn't sure that this was really God speaking to him. But the more he prayed about it, the more he realized that God was saying, I want you to do this. And so he moved to Tucson. And he trusted God in this, that he believed, these circumstances that he believed that God was putting into his life. And as a result of that, not only did he find his future wife, but he found his family here and his career here and his church family here. And just a few days ago, just a few days ago, God closed the door for someone else here as a part of our community who had a really nice, successful job. But God said, I have other plans for you. And as a result of that, he's now opened a door where she's able to serve in student ministry with our students. So many ways that God can use circumstances in our lives to get our attention and help lead us closer to him. 
You know, there's a scripture in Psalm 119, verse 67, that says this. He says, I used to wander off until you disciplined me, but now I closely follow your word. Today we're going to speak specifically about how God convicts us through the circumstances of our lives to help us stay on track. And how when we keep ourselves in the will of God, God can direct us through circumstances in a way that those who aren't walking with God will never ever see. Among our grace community here is someone who I believe has a call on his life. I've been working with him for the last few weeks, helping him prepare his first sermon ever. He has a powerful story about how God has been speaking to him through life circumstances. And it's a story that I really want you to hear this morning. He's a part of our student ministry. He's been a part of Mark 520 all weekend long, so he's probably really tired. He's going to really need your energy and your love this morning. So would you give, please give a big Grace Community Church welcome to Joy Massasic. Ah, good morning. Good morning. So, like Dave said, I want to start out uh, with a time, a story that I felt without a doubt that God was speaking to me in some way, and I just knew it. <clears throat> it all began at my school this past November. I had been taking pottery at Push Ridge Christian Academy uh, for the second time then, and I was really enjoying the class, having a great time. And for a month in that class that November, I'd been working on what I think is a pretty impressive pottery piece that I had intended on giving to my mom as a Christmas present. Out of the blue one day, my art teacher instructed me to take the pot break it down, and then build something else out of it. Now, this, of course, took me by surprise. Here I was sitting, looking at my project, thinking, I'm never, you know, going to see it again or have the satisfaction thinking, oh, it's finally finished and all that. He had us take a picture of the original pot before we did so. Um, up here, as you see, here I am with a pretty impressive fake smile hiding my rage behind. So, <laughs> um, so we were instructed to, to take it outside and quietly break it down. At this point, I decided that I did not want to do that. So I decided to come up with a plan to avoid doing so. Instead, I took broken clay pieces out of a, a bucket of scrap clay that wasn't mine, and I threw them in my backpack, of course, making my papers all dusty and ruining my backpack, but then didn't think of that at the time. Um, I took my pottery piece and hid it in my locker and then went along real sly and continued breaking the broken pieces that weren't mine. And I was pretty proud of this at the moment as I turned in my bag of broken clay and went along with my day. The very next class, I was walking down the hallway and I ran into my principal. Now, my principal's a great guy, and I'm not just saying it because he may hear me saying this someday, but um, he truly is. He told me that Mr. Yazzie, my pottery instructor, um, had told him that we, were, that we broke down our pots and that me doing so was commendable um, because it was tough. And I still listen to my teacher through that. I did the old, oh yes, thank you, it was nothing, and <laughs> shook my hand and walked the other way. Uh, oddly enough, this is what struck me. I was walking down the same hallway about 10 minutes later, and so was he. We had nothing but a completely empty hallway and a really awkward moment, for me at least. And it was in that moment that I felt the urge that I needed to do the right thing. For many of us, we've felt this when others are around us, uh, or we know that we're walking into trouble because of something that we've done. But for me in that moment, none of that occurred. 
I knew inside that if I decided to tell him what I had done, I'd have to face the consequences for it. But I was pretty sure that if I didn't tell him that I could get away with it. I knew that my two options would bring different outcomes. And from a moral standpoint, one of them was better than the other. And I even had friends that were trying to convince me of one way. I knew it then, and I even more clearly know it now, that God was saying to me in that moment, this is what I want you to do, take it or leave it. At that moment, I took it. I decided to tell my principal my scheme and what I had intended, or well, up until that point, to do with my unfinished pot. Now, I don't want to pass over this, this crucial moment, the point where I dug myself so deep into a circumstance that I was forced to choose. And in the deepest part of that, I felt God's presence. Now, in a lot of stories when we have a choice to make and we feel God's presence, it can sometimes seem like a parent lurking, lurking over us, uh, waiting for us to fess up for something, and we know that we've done it wrong. The word that Scripture likes to use for this is conviction, and it comes directly from the Holy Spirit. Now, conviction has been described to us before as our conscience, where we have two dudes standing on our, our shoulders arguing about what we should do, and then we listen to them. And it took me a long time to realize this, but our conscience really is a gift from God. In fact, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, um, the serpent says to Eve right before she eats the fruit, he says, like God, you'll be able to tell good from evil. And if you think about it, that's really what our conscience is. We're able to properly discern what's right and what's wrong in our heads. The conviction from the Holy Spirit, however, is presented to us in a clear ob and obvious way. When we make the choice to accept God's gift for us, then we can clearly see what He wants us to do instead of what we think we should do. Now, I'm on the swim team, and I've been told countless times to take my head up out of the water and listen to my coach when she's yelling at me. And oftentimes when I'm tired or just busy, I'll keep my head underwater as I rush from one exercise to the other. And when I do that, I can hear that my coach is guiding me, but it's pretty difficult to understand. But I've learned that when I take my head up out of the water, then I can clearly hear the advice that my coach is giving me. In a funny way, I like to think that the, the Holy Spirit works in a similar way. I've been given the ability to swim by God, as we've all been given gifts by Him that we use to glorify Him in some ways. And we can be guided by Him when we want to, but if we're not focused, it can sound like blurry mumbo-jumbo sometimes. But when we accept the Holy Spirit and bring our heads above water, then we can hear the voice of God so much more clearly and improve. We're all guilty of letting things get in our way from hearing God's voice. Whether it's my head underwater or too much outside distraction, it's easy to miss him if we don't focus. Kind of like this guy's feeling here. At birth, our conscience is made present and we can live our lives with that voice in our head saying, do this and don't do that or go this way. But then later when we, with all our heart, welcome Jesus and ask him to guide our lives, then it's a whole new ball game. God's been placed directly in us and lets us know in our darkest moments that we should make this decision or say this or do that. Have you ever felt this before? Perhaps sometime in your life you've realized that God's calling you and you're just doing your best to kind of turn the other way. We've all done it. Maybe a friend or a family member has been in need for a while now and you're doing your best to keep them in the back of your mind. Perhaps there's a relationship that needs resolving and you're trying to keep your distance. 
Or maybe, as it was for me, perhaps God's wanting you to reach out to someone or to people in a way that you never expected. Whatever it is, and whether or not you go to church every Sunday or have never spoken the name of Jesus in your life, God has a way that he wants you to go in those circumstances, and he will present himself if need be. I've felt convicted in my life, we all have. Whether or not you decided to listen to that voice in your head or not, I guarantee that you remember the circumstance. And in some cases, I bet that you would give a whole lot to go back in time and do it over, do it again, maybe differently. And we all ask ourselves in that moment, is this God telling me to do this, or is it just my head? Today, what I want you to know is that when dwelling in our hearts, the Holy Spirit will always reveal the will of God to us in the midst of our circumstances. I want to take a look at scripture coming out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. Turn with me there if you'd like and follow on your smartphones or tablets. The Apostle Paul is writing this as a letter to the church of Thessalonica. Uh, here I want to focus on verses 4 and 5 which say, For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. <clears throat> Paul says this to a church who he's known before. He's seen them face to face and <clears throat> is perfectly aware of their position and can accurately attest to their growth as a community. Paul makes it clear that they've been exposed to the gospel of Jesus before. They've heard stories about the miracles of Jesus. They've read the old scriptures. And many of them have prayed to God before, asking him to reveal his will to them. We've talked about opportunities like this before. In weeks past, Pastor Dave and Christina has told us that God can speak to us in many ways. This church received their start through the godly counsel of Paul. One-on-one, -on -one, he instructed them on how to live a godly life. Paul goes on to say that they've heard the gospel not only in word, but also through the Holy Spirit, which, especially for a church back then, can be a pretty difficult thing to grasp. A piece of God living inside of us and telling us what to do. This is what Paul and the other apostles at the time have told the church of Thessalonica, that the Holy Spirit has been made available to them and is always available. Paul is telling the church that they've been given these tools and now they're starting to use them for good. Even though the church is far from perfect, as he states later, later in his letter, they are beginning to allow God to pour into them through the Holy Spirit's guidance. In our own lives, it's important to realize that when the Holy Spirit's in our hearts, then it will reveal the will of God to us. I'm telling you that the tools are there, and it's a package deal if you ask me. So what does it mean to be convicted by the Holy Spirit? It's true that God reveals his will, but in doing so, he must convict us first. Conviction is a word that often gets mixed up with another one used in its place, and that word is condemnation. I want to say that these two words are similar, but are carried out dramatically different and are used differently by God. Being condemned can often feel like the end of the road for us. It is what has become of us because of something that we've done. In our society, people are condemned by a jury in a court of law to this amount of time in prison, or sometimes far worse punishments. We can often feel like God is condemning us and like it's the end of the road for us, but that's just not true. God convicts us, different word. Conviction, I like to think, is a two-step process. It always has been and always will be. When we are convicted, God first exposes our sin and then points us in the right direction again. 
being condemned only does one of those things. Exposure to sin can sometimes be as rough as it really sounds. In some cases, the Holy Spirit will allow our sin to be revealed publicly, which often can be the worst form of punishment. And maybe sometimes your sin will be kept between you and another person. But I guarantee that in all cases of conviction, everything's on the table between you and God, which I understand can be most scary in some ways. The one who we have most to fear is the one that knows everything, what we've done and what we intend on doing. Exposure to sin isn't easy, but it is absolutely necessary if we want to make any growth or change. In the book of John, chapter 4, Jesus is traveling through Samaria, and he comes, or he's away from his disciples at the time, and comes across a woman drawing water from the well. Jesus approaches her and asks her for a drink, and then after some time of conversation, reveals himself as the Messiah. In verses 16 through 18 of the story, Jesus says to her, Go, call your husband, and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You're right in saying you have no husband, for you have had five husbands. And the one you are with now is not your husband. What you have said is true. This woman was an adulterer, and she knew it. But what she never expected was for Jesus to know this. Between her and God in that moment, nothing was hidden. In fact, later in verse 29, the woman goes back to her town and says, Come and see a man who told me all that I ever did. It was Jesus' goal to show the woman the things that she herself had done, And it seemed to work in this case. God can't influence influence us to change without showing us where we are first, the starting point, whether we like it or not. And once we come to realize where we are and the things we've done, then God can work in our hearts. Next, when he works in our hearts and minds, God is that nudge to point us back in the right direction. Thinking back to myself this past November, where I felt convicted to tell the truth to my teacher, I made the decision to say what I did. God didn't for me. And that's the most important part about being convicted in in our circumstances, is making the choice to follow or to turn away. I can only encourage you here to be receptive of the voice of God when he's speaking to you, because the decision will always be up to you. So after I returned to my principal and told him what I had done, his response was actually very encouraging to me. I got to spend the rest of the morning in his office, which, even though it sounds horrifying, wasn't in the least. He prayed with me and told me about hard decisions in his own life that he was forced to make. And then, of course, advised me to tell my teacher what I had done and then actually go through with breaking the project, which I did the following afternoon. My teacher and I sat down where I had originally been instructed to break it down and then quietly did so. To this day, I don't regret a thing. I was able, in fact, to construct another piece of pottery from the broken clay pieces right here. And I also like to keep this around. It's a Coke bottle full with the broken clay pieces from my pot. It's to remind me of my circumstance and also as a a reminder that a lot more tough circumstances are going to come in my life. And I'm going to need a pretty strong push from God and from the Spirit to go back in the right direction again. Another thing that's important to realize is that God may not carry you out of the circumstance you're in as soon as you turn to him. Like anything in this world, there are consequences to our actions. Looking back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, the letter from Paul continues in verse 6. It says, 
and you have become imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction and with the joy of the Holy Spirit. I don't want this part to be misunderstood. Paul isn't saying that when you decide to follow God that your circumstance will suddenly become joyful. Not at all. This church still faced affliction after this letter was written, and they still faced hardships. We will as well. God's will is revealed in the midst of our circumstances, not after it's all over. And it's our responsibility to react and change the circumstance, not God's. This passage says that the Holy Spirit comes with joy. God is willing to put joy in our hearts when we turn to him. But that doesn't mean that the world around you is suddenly going to become joyful. After I turned to God to tell the truth to my teacher, I still had to actually destroy the project. I didn't get a pass on the consequences. And I found this to be interesting in, in case you were wondering why we were instructed to break our pieces of pottery. My teacher told me that he doesn't do that from year to year. It's only when he feels that God's telling him, this is the time. He doesn't know for whom or why the instruction was given, but I feel it's safe to say that this year was in part for me. God often breaks us down to rebuild something new in the midst of our circumstances, just as I broke down my pot and rebuilt something new out of it. So if you're a follower of Christ, this powerful gift is already inside of you. I want to encourage you to take time to ask yourself this question, how can I prepare myself to be more receptive to the will of God when I'm struggling? I want you to take these words to heart because it's no easy question. Perhaps you feel closer to God when you're reading the scripture. We'd be happy to provide you with a Bible on your way out. Maybe you feel strongest when you're with other people. God can speak wonders into our lives through the godly counsel of others. Another way that I guarantee is more beneficial is just taking time to talk with our creator. Perhaps you feel closer to God through the power of prayer. Any way that you can be more receptive to the will of God, I encourage you to take a step out of faith and out of your comfort zone this week because tough circumstances are coming and we need to be prepared. When dwelling in our hearts, and only then, is when God will reveal his will to us in the midst of our circumstances. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the power that you've given us um, and the ability that we have to be guided by you in our circumstances. God, we just cannot do it on our own. Lord, we know that life's going to throw tough circumstances at us ahead, and we ask that when we are turned away from you, that you would convict us and prepare our hearts to come back to you, Lord. God, I pray for those that haven't accepted you, that you would make yourself clear and let them know that this is a gift available for everyone, and it is powerful. God, I want you to show all of us that through the Holy Spirit, your truth is revealed. Lord, we're tired of figuring out our decisions on our own. By your power, we want to be shown your plan for our lives. God, I ask that you would be with all of us this week and the weeks ahead as life throws things at us. And God, I thank you for this church, the families here, and everyone here. They're all a blessing. And it's in your name I pray. Amen.